Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Troy United Methodist Church. Uh, my name is Andy. I'm uh, privileged to, to uh, welcome each of you here, especially if you're uh, newer or visiting. Uh, maybe you're uh, here for the, the holidays, and I'll see you today and tomorrow, uh, 2, 4, 6, or 11. Uh, I hope that's the case. Uh, but uh, we are uh, continuing on in a series where we've had a lot of fun. Uh, some of you have really gotten into this in ways that I could never have imagined. Uh, but we've been having fun in a Christmas Classics uh, series where we've kind of been uh, taking a look at, at some of our fun Christmas shows of the season and then seeing how Jesus kind of rewrites uh, or reinterprets uh, the script for us. But today we're continuing on with that fun with the movie Elf. 2003 Christmas comedy uh, starring the very tall and very funny Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. We did our best to uh, have you welcomed by, uh, by Buddy uh, this morning, uh, so give Noah a, a, a good a pat on the back as he sings to you while you leave. Uh, but <laughs> if you've been around the past couple weeks, you know that we've been uh, really into this uh, uh, trivia thing, or at least you have really been into this. Um, uh, we, on Grinch week, I tell you what, we had two perfect scores in our five worship services that day, including dinner church that night. Uh, two perfect scores. Then uh, Rudolph week, we had uh, a couple of nines um, and during the entire morning. And then last week, I thought, oh, gosh, we're doing this. It's too hard. Uh, so we had like over 10 uh, perfect tens. Uh, so, so I thought, okay, uh, Elf, uh, we're, you know, people say they love this movie, so I worked overtime to make our Christmas Classics Trivia Contest a tad bit harder, uh, so this will really separate the wheat from the chaff here. So we're going we're gonna to have fun with this for you trivia buffs. So get out your answer sheet, number 1 through 10, and, and get ready uh, for Elf. Uh, no, no phone or tablet to write legibly because uh, at least one of the questions um, is like we're looking for exact words. Uh, so make sure that I can read them later. Uh, winners will go in a drawing uh, for some movie gift cards so that you can en enjoy something uh, uh, during your holiday break. Uh, so question number one. Uh, what was uh, the toy that Buddy was making when he failed to meet his daily quota? Uh, multiple choice here. Was it uh, Easy Bake Ovens, uh, Etch-a-Sketches, Toy Trains, or Teddy Bears? Uh, what was the toy that he was making and he just... Only made 80 or something. 82. Number two. You knew this was going to be on here. What are the four main food groups of elves? Quarter points here. So you can get uh, half of them right. There are four things. Write, write down all four. Each one is worth uh, a quarter point. It should be a quarter point each. Sorry there. So this is not worth two points total. This is worth one point. So all four. Ready? Number three. On their first date, Buddy and Jovi go around New York City looking uh, at many what? Santas? Store windows? Christmas trees? Or ice skating rinks. What was it? Number four, we're looking for the character's name in the in the movie. What uh, 
what Buddy calls this character an angry elf. What is the name of that character in the movie? All right, number five. This might be one of the harder ones. What is the name of the real life band that one of the actors who helped pitch the storybook ideas to Walter is in? So, uh, so there are a couple guys who pitched storybook ideas to Walter during the movie, and one of them is in a real life band. What is the name of that band? told you we're separating the wheat from the chaff today. <laughs> number five, or number six. How old is Buddy's friend in the mailroom? Oh, oh, I just saw this last night. What did he say his age was? What? <laughs> you studied up. What's the age of Buddy's friend in the mailroom? Great scene. Uh, number seven, what, at least according to Santa, is the street that the real Ray's Pizza is located on? Is it 10th Street, 11th Street, 12th Street, or 13th Street? Santa was warning Buddy, said, you go to New York City, the real Ray's Pizza is on this street. Okay, number eight. What, what, what's the name of the elf uh, who was played by, by Peter Billingsley, who also played Ralphie in A Christmas Story uh, from last week? So what, what's the name of the elf that Ralphie's uh, character, Peter Billingsley, played? Had to kind of connect the two weeks together. You probably knew that one was coming. Okay, number nine, the, the Central Park Rangers, according to Santa, their crowd control tactics are still under investigation from this concert. A, was it Simon and Garfunkel? B, the Mamas and the Papas? C, the Rolling Stones? Or D, the Beatles? All right, number 10. This is the one where we need exact words. What was on the New York One Reporter's Christmas wish list? Do your best, because this is, this is the tiebreaker. Um, we're looking for exact words read out of the book, the wish list book from Santa himself. What was on her wish list? Okay, you ready? Go ahead, exchange. Exchange with somebody close to you. We'll see how much of elf trivia buffs you really are. Uh, I have to tell you, at eight o'clock, we had a couple of nines, uh, eight and a halves, uh, because the last one wasn't the exact words, but it was pretty close. So, so they, they, they did all right. All right, number one, what, what was the toy? Etch-a-sketch. Yeah, he couldn't make them as amazingly as the other elves, but boy, he sure could draw on them. 
That was amazing at the end, the Mona Lisa on the Etch-A-Sketch. Uh, two, uh, what, what were the four um, um, food groups for elves? Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. Don't, don't eat, don't eat that much. Uh, this, I'm, I'm already trying to limit myself. Uh, number three. What were, they looking, what were they looking at? Christmas trees. It certainly wasn't Santa's. A buddy did not do well with imposter Santa's. So um, they, were, they were out looking at Christmas trees. Uh, number four, buddy calls this man an angry elf. Miles Finch. Miles Finch. All right, five. Here, here is the one that might, may have stumped some of you. What, what's the name of the band? Tenacious D. Tenacious D. This is uh, what the Illini failed to uh, bring last night. Tenacious D. But the Bears have it this year. So. Uh, number six. How old is Buddy's mailroom friend? 26. 26. It's great. It's, you know, he says how old he is, and it's a, it's a surprise. It's very obviously a surprise. So it, I hope it's stuck. Uh, what, what street is uh, the real race pizza on, according to Santa? 11, 11th Street, so B. And uh, who was uh, Peter Billingsley playing in Elf? Ming Ming. Ming Ming. He's too, too young to play Papa Elf. That's uh, Bob Newhart. Ming Ming. Number nine, uh, you remember the concert that si Simon and Garfunkel. And 10, 10. Here, I'm going to give you the exact words and you, um, you by your groans, can let me know if you were close. Uh, she longed for a ring from Tiffany's and for her boyfriend to stop dragging his feet and commit already. Pretty close? A couple of you pretty close? Anybody get the exact words? Okay, pretty close. So, so uh, uh, if, you, if you were pretty close for number 10, close enough to say yay, uh, anybody get 10s today? Pretty close on number 10. If you're, if, real, real close, okay. All right, so, so you're, you're in the running. The Kennets in the running. Again, all right, well, um, if you, if you were in the uh, like nine to 10 range, somewhere in there, and you think you might, you might have it, uh, put your names on it and make sure that that gets turned in uh, to the Welcome Center on your way out today. Uh, last week, I hope I didn't lose any last week. Uh, we had to have a drawing uh, for the winner. There were so many winners. But it's obvious a few, at least a few of you are as addicted to this movie as I am to Star Wars. Uh, so, but for those of you who are maybe a little more normal people, uh, this is the basic premise of the movie Elf. Uh, Buddy, uh, Buddy the Elf, he was an orphan who ended up at the North Pole because as a baby he crawled into Santa's bag of toys and and he uh, found himself at the North Pole, and there he was raised by Papa Elf uh, for his first 30 years until he finds the truth out about why he is so different from all the other elves. And this realization 
uh, leads Buddy on an adventure to find the father that he has never known. Uh, but as you'll see in these clips, it really doesn't go as he had hoped. Buddy, I, I think there's something I, I probably should tell you. You should, probably should have found out a long, a long time ago. I then proceeded to tell Buddy of how his father had fallen in love when he was very young with a beautiful girl named Susan Wells and how Buddy was born and put up for adoption by his mother and how she had later passed away. I, I told him his father had never even known that Buddy was born and most importantly, I told him where his father was in, in a magical land called New York City. My dad works there? Empire State Building. <laughs> Looks like a Christmas tree. A reprint. You know how much that's gonna cost? Two whole pages are missing. The story doesn't make any sense. Well, you think some kid's gonna notice two pages? I mean, they, all they do is look at pictures. <gasps> Sorry I can't ride with you the rest of the way up, but this is where my dad works. Well, have a good time. Oh, I forgot to give you a hug. Oh, I don't know, Connie. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Eight? I don't know if I'm going to have time. Well, all right, just bring them by the camp for this week, and I'll see what I can do. I'm not going to charge you. Just bring them by, and I'll see what I can do. Bye. Excuse me. I'm here to see a Walter Hobbs. I'm Buddy the Elf. <laughs> you look hilarious. Who sent you? Papa Elf. Papa Elf? Mm -hmm. From the North Pole. From the North Pole? Yes. So you really think we should ship him? No. I think we should take a $30,000 bath... So some kid can understand what happened to a puppy and a friggin' pigeon. Ship him. Yeah. Mr. Hobbs? It's me on the intercom. Go ahead. Yeah, I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad! All right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. You look like you came from the North Pole. Exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. He did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met. And he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and um, I was adopted 
but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That was weird. You know, usually you guys just, uh, you know, put my name in the jingle bells or so. It's me, your son. Susan Wells had me, and, and she didn't tell you. And, 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 but now I'm here. It's me, buddy. Susan Wells. You said Susan Wells? Yes. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one. I think we should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. It's okay. Walter's my father. Well, your dad's busy right now. Okay, I'll come back later. Yeah, you know, you're not going to come back for a while, okay? You're going to go back to Sandalay. I'm your son. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Uh, where'd you get this picture? Papa Elf gave it to me. This is some kind of game. What do you want, some money? No. I just wanted to meet you, and I thought you might want to meet me. Well, through masterful comedic storytelling, we're all left heartbroken as Buddy's dad rejects him. In the movie... Uh, this movie really, I think, is designed to play at, you know, our, our deep emotions and desire to want to be wanted and, and loved. And when we don't feel loved uh, in, in the most important relationships of our lives or, or in some, if some important relationship is amiss, it isn't uncommon to do exactly what Buddy did, and that is to go searching for it. Uh, Buddy desperately wanted his dad to know him and, and to love him. And at some deep level, I think we all want that. Uh, even more than that, I, I believe that each of us is created with a deep longing to have our Father lovingly pursue us. It's, it's one thing to do what Buddy did to go seeking his father. It's another thing entirely to have our father come and seek us. And that's really, I think, what makes the rejection that Buddy received from his father that much worse. You know, something uh, happens inside us when we're rejected, when, when people face rejection uh, from the super important relationships in our lives. Uh, on, on polar opposite extremes, uh, generally, one of two things will happen. Um, on, on one end of the spectrum, a typical response to rejection is to self-reject. To take on that rejection that you've received as your identity and, and to live it out in your own life. Uh, this, this often leads to a variety of, of self-destructive patterns and behaviors 
in our life uh, where we, we just tend to, through our behaviors, hold people at arm's length so that we'll never be rejected again. Um, acting out in these ways is not uncommon for a person who feels rejected by someone that they long to be loved by. On the other end of the spectrum is a person who experiences rejection and, and then inside uh, promises themselves that they will never let anyone reject them again. So instead of self-rejecting themselves, they, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, they self-promote. They, they strive for perfection and don't allow themselves to ever be put in a position where they could be rejected again. So they're very rarely vulnerable because that would open them up to uh, being turned away. In many ways, this is an attempt to earn love uh, or to win the love or acceptance of others, uh, uh, particularly those who they've felt rejected by in the past. And in either one of these extremes or uh, any variation of them, uh, the end result of rejection from a fatherly relationship or otherwise is a brokenness, uh, a sense that something deep inside is not the way that it should be, that something is missing. And, and that leads all kinds of people from wide variety of backgrounds and life to fill that void or to fix that hurt with something. Now, I'm not sure what, what's going through your head right now, what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Maybe, maybe you're thinking about somebody in your life who exhibits one of those extremes uh, on behavior. And, and, and you, you're thinking to yourself, well, I, want, I wonder who they're feeling rejected by. Uh, or maybe you're thinking of your own story. I, I know I am. Uh, th this is part of my story. You know, growing up, and, and even still today, uh, my earthly father is around, but, but em was emotionally distant. Uh, I, I regularly felt, uh, growing up, like there, there was nothing that I could do to ever really be enough for my dad. And although he never specifically or consciously rejected me, uh, I felt it. Now, just so you know, to be uh, completely clear, I love my dad, and it is my heart's desire to honor him and to respect him. And I, I realize as an adult now that, that my dad really is a, a, a product of his own upbringing, a product of uh, much of his own brokenness. And so I have a great compassion and, and forgiveness uh, for my dad. Uh, regardless, in my formative years, I had a void. And on, on the spectrum of things, my response was to self-promote, to do everything that I possibly could to never give anyone grounds to reject me. Uh, I strove to do the best and be the best so that I couldn't be blamed for whatever rejection came my way. Uh, I, I felt uh, that, you know, I, I tried to prove to everyone, um, including my dad, and really even myself, that I was worth loving, that, that I was worth pursuing. What's your story? Have you had experiences of rejection? And, and how have they formed you? How have they shaped you? How, how do you or, or how did you respond? 
What have you believed about yourself as a result of your experiences of rejection? You know what, what we all need, right? We, we all, what we all desperately need is a father who lovingly pursues us no matter what. And we need that longing that we were each created with to be fulfilled because when we do, when we experience that kind of radical love, it changes us. It, it transforms our heart. You know, I've seen it time and time again in people's lives, including my own life, when they experience unconditional love. This is some of what happens. I mean, there's a real transformation, a real change in, in your heart. You, you no longer have a desire to rebel or to act in self-destructive ways because you know just how much you are loved. Uh, you no longer feel the pressure to be perfect. Uh, th this was the big one for me. No, you no longer feel the pressure to be perfect because you know that your identity is secure in your father's love. Uh, you, you know that you don't have to earn it, so you don't have to uh, put on a mask to, um, to cover up your blemishes. Uh, and, and you're unleashed, ultimately, to live life the way that it was meant to be lived, with, with tremendous joy, because you know that you are unconditionally loved by your dad. I, this, this is what I found and am continuing to find in my relationship with God, with my Heavenly Father. Now, one relevant story that took place uh, a little over a decade ago um, I think, I think my, uh, my, my son, Andrew, was, was a baby at the time, so I was used to getting up in the middle of the night. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but this particular time, I remember uh, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, and I had really been wrestling with it. It was around the holiday season, and I, I had just been struggling. Like, have we, we had this new son, and yet, I, and I thought maybe that would change something, but my, my parents just still wouldn't call would would rarely, if ever, come to visit. And, and I just, you know, I just longed for that. And I, I came to a realization in my, in my heart that, wow, if I, if I want to have a relationship with my family, even though we live within an hour of each other, if I wanted a relationship with them, it was going to be at my initiative. And that hurt. Uh, that, that, that hurt me. And I, I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night that night, and I, I had some, some powerful prayer times uh, with, with God where I was just crying out to God about my hurt about this. And I, and I remember just very specifically, in fact, I, I was journaling about it at the time, God, God's Spirit opening my heart to a very deep scriptural truth, the, the reality that I would never have to worry about this issue with my Heavenly Father. That, that, that my heavenly father longs to be with me. That, that my heavenly father longs to know me and longs for me to know him. And he doesn't wait back for me to have to take the initiative in the relationship. God lovingly and relentlessly pursues me. And the same is true for you, too. And the story of Christmas is proof 
No, no matter what the story of your, your earthly father is, Christmas is proof that your heavenly father's, uh, father loves you and pursues you relentlessly. I mean, Jesus' birth is God's loving pursuit of you and me. And we never have to fear that our heavenly father will reject us. Quite the opposite, in fact. Uh, the, the truth is we only have to worry about whether we receive his love, uh, not whether he'll give it. It's like elf in reverse. We, we don't have to go seeking for our father's love. Our father comes and seeks us out. Uh, just listen to uh, some of that, that scripture passage that Jackie read uh, just a little bit ago from the book of John. I'm, I'm going to uh, skip down to verse 9. Just, just hear the truth about God pursuing you and me. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. You know, the birth of Jesus on that first Christmas day was God's loving pursuit of you and me. And everyone who will receive Jesus, when we do, we become God's very own children. We become adopted into God's family because of God's coming on Christmas day. And when you experience that kind of, of loving pursuit, that, that, that kind of unconditional love, it, it changes you. You know, the next time you watch Elf, if you're preparing for another trivia <laughs> exam, remember, you never have to fear being rejected by your dad, your heavenly dad. Not at all. In fact, just the opposite. Our Heavenly Father loves you so much that he relentlessly pursues you at great cost to himself. It's like he passed through the seven levels of the candy cane forest and through the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops and then walked through the Lincoln Tunnel to find you. When you were lost, whether it was because of some of your own poor choices, which we've all made, or because of the brokenness of this world that has just broken you, when you were lost, God sought you out to adopt you and to bring you into his home and give you his eternal inheritance. That's the story of Christmas. You know, in the, the book of Romans in the New Testament, chapter 8, it says this. It says, you have not received a spirit uh, that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own child. Now we call him Abba, which is like daddy. Now we call him daddy. Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You know, no matter what rejections you have faced in this uh, world or will experience in this life, God will never reject you. By coming to earth, Jesus was God's loving pursuit. By dying on the cross, Jesus paid your adoption price. 
And by raising from the grave, Jesus ensured that one day, one day you will also conquer death and, and live with your heavenly Father forever. You know, today, um, through uh, our uh, experience and sharing of the Lord's Supper, we get to remember God's amazing love for us and, and receive once again, uh, or, or maybe for the first time, the gift of Jesus, the proof of God's loving pursuit.